1: Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at
2: gmail.com. Hello, I'm uh, Jake. You can get me on Twitter at Jake Jack with two ends. I am returning to the show this season after uh, hosting the championship show last season. Uh, obviously, we were too good for that league, so we are back to struggling in this one. I wrote for <laughs> EPL Index and The Boot Room, so check both of them out.
3: Hello. I'm Greg Maher, I'm from Thrice Champions Podcast, and we're a Huddersfield Town Podcast, and we're enjoying the Premier League experience for our first time ever. All right,
1: thanks so much for joining us. Up first, of course, we have Making the Rounds. We're each going to take a few minutes to discuss these championship clubs on the whole, as uh, the show is all about the recently promoted sides, learn a little bit about their history, and anything else that our uh, guests feel is important. We'll lead off with you, Jake. Obviously, you haven't been gone for too long uh, but what's the story of how
2: Newcastle got promoted in just the one year? We don't have any cool stories like Huddersfield and Brighton both have, so uh, I won't go too much into that. But yeah, we we went down to the Championship, managed to keep Rafa Benitez, and uh, did did pretty well for it. It wasn't as easy as it was the last time we were in there. and I don't think anyone really thought it was apart from you know the, the sort of the the fans on social media. They get a bit too caught up in how big Newcastle were and stuff like that. I, I thought it was always going to be tough and I thought there was a lot of good teams down there. Interestingly, it was teams that I wasn't expecting us to, to cause us too many problems that did. Hardest Field a great example of that. Um, but yeah, we, we got the job done. It wasn't completely easy. I don't think we walked to promotion. I think we got promotion... With the third to last game I think against Preston but yeah we, we we got it done we had the at the end of the season we had the joint best attack uh the joint best defense and the best goal difference so you can't complain too much of those sort of stats Dwight Gale uh was probably if he had stayed fit probably would have went on some major goal breaking record in that division because he was I think he scored every 93 minutes which is pretty incredible uh no matter which division you're in that is a good record so yeah we we did pretty well it I think we were always probably the best team in that league and, and we got it done. Benitez was a huge factor in that. He made good signings. Richie, Gale, Isaac Hayden, uh, Kieran Clark all, all did well. And he sort of reunited the team and and the the club as a whole, really, with the with the fans getting behind the team again. St. James' Park, there's some great atmosphere. Uh, it's a great atmosphere. We had sort of fan-led movements uh, with, with sort of Gallagher flags. They did quite a lot. And uh, this season, we're going to have a singing section. So it, it's, stuff is going well for us. I think it's a lot of positive. Uh, the championship was a positive experience, and we're coming into the Premier League a more united club than the one that uh, sort of got relegated. We might not have as much talent in our ranks, but I, we've still got enough talent that we're probably the best prepared out of the three player clubs to, to do well this season. There's been a lot going on over this summer, as you'd expect when you when you change leagues, you have to make a few changes. There's been takeover rumours, which I think were a bit of a, you know, there wasn't much in them. I think it was Mike Ashley trying to get more interest in the club, as opposed to being any real interest in buying him out. We've had Benitez rumours pretty much every day, saying that he hasn't had the transfer funds, he's threatening to walk out if we don't sign players, and, and those stories keep coming out, and it's... Sort of frustrating. It's not nice to, to just not... I'm not that certain with Benitez. I don't think I'm ever going to be that certain with Benitez. And actually, it's a very awkward marriage. Uh, I, I don't think they really see the same future for Newcastle. So I think Ashley's quite happy to have us sort of in the Premier League. And, and that's it. Whereas Benitez wants a lot more. So it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. I don't I don't think it's, it's ever going to be a point when he, he's fully settled at the club, which which is a concern, but... Yeah, we, we've we've done a few transfers. We're in a very unique situation in the Premier League. Uh, I think I've was, I was spoken to you uh, about this before, Kev, about how every, yeah. the other two teams coming up, they've got a wage budget that is for the championship and they can sort of be a bit more freer in their spending. Whereas us, we where we got relegated, we didn't get affected by that too much last year. We had a lot of money to spend. We had parachute payments. But it's coming back into the league this year where last year, I think our prize money was down like 90 million. So that's always going to have a huge effect. And we we need to sort of balance the books and sort of build because we can't really compete with, uh, even like the likes of Bournemouth now, we can't even compete there. And and where we've had that season of missing out from what our business plan probably expected coming in, it's hindered us in the transfer market. So we're not going to be going out and signing players for 20 million, 25 million. That's that's not really realistic. I think uh, Benitez knows that. He knows it's going to be a slow build and we need to consolidate the season. And then in one or two years' time, we can compete for those players again, hopefully, but, yeah, we, we've we brought in, well, three players. It's going to be four tomorrow, I think. We've got Christian Atsu made his loan permanent, which was a smart piece of business. Seven million for Atsu in this this market is, is a good deal. Good squad player, and I think he, he's developed well under me. So I'm pretty happy with that one. We've got uh, Florian Lejeune, I think you pronounce it. Uh, we signed him from Ibar uh, for seven million. He's meant to be a centre-back that will do well in England. He's quite suited to the game physically. He's good with his feet. And he's a player that Bonita's really wanted, so that was a good one to get in. Hopefully he can sort of push on and, and do well in this league because he, he was only so cheap because of a release clause, so I think I'm, I'm pretty happy with that one. And then today we signed Jacob Murphy, which, yeah, I think it's a good sign, and it improves what we had last season. We had Goofran on the left, and I think Murphy's a slightly more dynamic player. He's probably better suited to the way we play, so excited to see how he goes. He's a Newcastle fan, apparently. From, there was a video uh, when he's signed him wearing a Newcastle top when he was young. Going. He was talking about how all his family and Newcastle fans, so that always goes down well when you sign for a club. And, yeah, he's, he's, he had a good record last year in the Championship. I did, it, the, the main comparison I did when we signed about I sort of looked at other players that have moved this summer, and Tom Innes is a great example. I think he went for £11 million, was it, if, if add-ons all go on, which is slightly less than Murphy. But last season, I, I looked at the stats and, for minutes per goal involvement murphy was like one minute below so they're very similar Uh, he had a slightly better record but it's not much in it and he's three years younger so i think it's pretty it's a good deal for us in this market hopefully he can develop under benitez um that's the one thing we've had over the last year is players do develop under Benitez, they do improve whereas before with Pardue and mclaren players seem to get worse which which was a weird thing so at least we've got a manager who will make our players better so by the time it gets to January, February, we will be a better team than we were in August. It, we are going to keep developing, so that's always a good, a good thing. Departures, we've had Anita's gone, Sami Amiobi's gone, Adam Armstrong's gone out on loan. And I think we're also expecting to lose Darlow and, and Daryl Murphy as well in, in the next few days. So, yeah, a lot of movement both ways, but I I think we're, we're slowly getting towards the squad that should challenge. Javi Menkeo, I think, is meant to come in as well. I think he's had a medical, so... Yeah, and another Sunderland failed fullback is coming to play for us, which is always great. <laughs> but we are doing stuff on a budget at the moment, so he it, it does improve what we already had. He's going to be a backup to Yedlin, so yeah, I can sort of get behind that. Still need a striker, a centre midfielder, um, probably a left back and another winger as well maybe a goalkeeper yeah we need we need everything but we're slowly starting to bring players in and that is a good thing and as long as it keeps improving the weakest link like Benitez always talks about then I th- I'm I'm quite happy to go on with it I think he's gonna then we're gonna be fine as long as he stays in charge I think he's gonna we're gonna be fine I'd, I'd say he's easily the, the, the seventh best manager in the league you could probably argue him being even higher than that Uh, He's probably the best manager operating outside the top six. From what he's done, it's incredible that he's managing our football club. And before the season before last, when we were relegated, I remember being on the show and saying that there's nothing that I'd like more than seeing Benitez manage us in the Premier League for a full season. Uh, And at the time, I was like, if we get relegated, that's never going to happen. It's always going to be like that thing that we could have had that we're never going to have. But now we're going to have that. He's not gonna be fully backed like a lot of people want him to be, but we will slowly get to that point if, if we do stabilise. And before yeah, just before I finish, I just wanna also mention obviously over the summer, uh there was the, the sad news about Cherokee, so that's that's worth mentioning because that was horrible. Uh, and obviously we that was yeah, that was that was sort of the bad part of the summer, but yeah, we we we're pretty pretty we're slowly gaining in confidence for, from where we were about two weeks ago. So
1: All right. Thanks so much, Jake. And of course, very pleased to have you back in the Premier League and back on our show. Greg, first time for you for both, for being in the Premier League and for being on our show. What's been going on at Huddersfield and how incredible was it uh, winning the way you did in the championship final to get promoted?
3: Um, Last season was very much unexpected. Uh, uh, David Wagner, our head coach, pretty much said that this project was a two to three years, and he managed to achieve promotion in his first season, which is truly remarkable given uh, the size of our budget, the size of our squad. You know, it's a bottom, 2015-16 season, it was a bottom four budget. It's probably a bottom six budget last year with the inclusion of Burton Albion into the division. So for a team to get promoted on a bottom six budget after making 13, 14 signings throughout the throughout the season. I think he was 15 in the end with with the January transfers. It's truly remarkable the way he managed to bring together uh, a whole new team. There's only really three what you call regulars who were from the season before in Narky Wells, Jonathan Hogg and and, and Tommy Smith. So um, I'm I'm lost for words of what we achieved last season, but um, I've always said that Winning the playoffs is the best way to get promoted because you get to have a nice big day out at Wembley. It feels like a cup final. And uh, I, I enjoyed that weekend thoroughly. You know, we didn't win a single game in, in the playoffs, but we didn't lose a single game. And and winning on penalties is, is even sweeter because as as an England football fan we um, we often see ourselves on the wrong end of um uh, of of them uh, results. But being a Huddersfield fan, uh, we've we've been involved in six playoff uh, penalty shootouts and won every single one. And in fact, every playoff fi- final uh, victory or the last three, mm-hmm. um, we've definitely been nerve-wracking because all the games have finished nil 0 and been uh, won on penalties. But I mean, last season it was we started off like a train. Uh, we were top after the first six or seven games. Uh, it was a small squad, so uh, twice, two periods in the season around November time and around March, April time. The small squad caught up with us. The, the amount of games caught up with us, and injuries caught up with us, and we just struggled. But when we were in form, I think, I think we were one of the best teams in that division. Uh, Newcastle were obviously the best team because of the amount uh, of good players that they had in the squad and Brighton were very organised. But the, the teams that were in the playoffs uh, had momentum behind them and, and our momentum, especially in the period just after New Year where we won 15 of our 17 games, which is a remarkable feat. Uh, it took us and propelled us in, back into Third place, and we were really the only team last season to challenge Bright- uh, Brighton and mm-hmm. Newcastle. So um, I, I I can't describe the the feeling really because it was so unexpected. Huddersfield Town in my lifetime have been a team that nearly got to the Premier League, and we sold our best player Marcus Stewart nearly 20 years ago, and and we nearly went out of business in 2003. And we've been slowly building from from then on. And, and it, it wasn't really until Dean Hoyle came in in 2008, 2009, gave us the injection of cash that we've been truly lacking that got us back to the level that I think Huddersfield uh, town size. Attendance size is really a championship club and it's a good championship club. Uh, I think a lot of people like to play us down as a small club, but we have we have a, a huge history. I mean, our podcast Rice Champions comes from Huddersfield Town winning the league three times uh, in a row, albeit 90 years ago now, but we were the first side to do that. We were um, a huge side. We had Herbert Chapman, Bill Shankley managed us. We had players like Dennis Law. So uh, that's our history and we're finally back to where uh, you know a generation or two above me remember Huddersfield Town being, but um, the the summer's been exceptional so far for Huddersfield Town. We've brought in uh, nine players, seven uh, permanent signings. We've signed a couple of lads that we had on loan previously, in Kachunga, in in Casey. Palmer back on loan and Aaron Moy on, on a permanent deal. We've invested in, uh, in a couple of good strikers. It was probably our sticking point last season that we didn't score enough goals to really compete with Newcastle and Brighton. Uh, Steve Mounier and, and De Poitra is coming. He's coming from Porto. He's got a good record in Belgium. Mounier is coming. It's a really good season in League One in France. He's tall, he's fast, he's strong, which is all good ingredients for a Premier League striker. Uh, we've brought in Tom Ince, um, as Jake touched on earlier. Their initial fee around £7 million and add-ons. We've broken our transfer record four, three or four times this summer. I mean, before uh, the start of last season, our transfer record was actually Marcus Stewart coming in from Bristol Rovers in the 90s. So um, we brought in Christian last season and this year we brought the Poitras. De Poitras, uh, Ince, Moy, and then Mounier. So we've broken it four times. So um, we're we're certainly enjoying the riches of the Premier League. And uh, going into this season, I think we realise that um, we need momentum behind us, but we also need to make more signings. Because if you look at our squad, there is a dearth of quality, really, there. There are players who really struggled to get into our side last season in in our squad, like Sean Scannell and Harry Bunn, who... are. in my opinion, nowhere near good enough for this league. Uh, there's young players like Tariq holmes who's gone out on loan to Portsmouth. And there's also Jack Payne, who should really go out on loan as well, that that, that will go back away from the club. So even though we've made nine signings so far, it, it wouldn't surprise me. In fact, I know it, it, we're going to make at least three more, if not four or five, depending on if the players are there. So uh, this this Premier League season is, is about us building a squad to really compete. Um, as our chairman Dean Hoyle and, and our head coach David Wagner said we want to be a mainstay, we've, we've seen how Burnley have done it, we've seen how Bournemouth have done it Bournemouth of course with a, a Russian billionaire behind them but um, these sides have, have managed to who, who similar size smaller club and it really Bournemouth, a much smaller club than ourselves have managed to establish them, themselves in the premier league so we can do it we know it's going to be a struggle we need more incomings uh, i mean we're not going to see many players leave uh, the, the transfer fees because i don't think there are a lot of players who are um who are not really wanted by our club who are good enough uh, to 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 earn big transfer fees but um, as Jay talked on earlier the transfer fees uh, extortionate really and then and I think we've made a couple of good deals Tom Ince for initial fee of about seven million is a fantastic signing because over the course of the last couple of seasons he's been the best player attacking and uh, creating scoring goals in in the championship uh, Mounier uh, we he's like I said he's fast and good in the air but he was he won most aerial challenge challenges for a striker in um French league. We certainly lacked that last season. We didn't really have any big people in the box. Narkey Wells was leading our line, he's five foot nine. So he adds another dimension to our game. I'm I'm just really looking forward to this season and it's it has been a culture shock already with the transfer fees um kind of been quoted to us. And I think when we're going into players as well, they're going to us and saying, Oh, we know how much money you get for playing in the Premier League, we want more but um We're from Yorkshire and we're tight. So um, that's not going to (laughs) happen.
1: All right, thanks, Greg. Uh, On to you now, Scott, uh, talking to us a little bit about Brighton. Uh, Towards the end of the year, it looked for a little bit like you were indeed going to win the championship title. Uh, Didn't end up being able to do that, but we all know promotion is really the true prize. Uh, What did you make of last season and what should neutrals know about Brighton?
4: Uh, Last season was obviously fantastic from our point of view. There were plenty of doubts about whether we could get the job done, especially after the previous year and we missed out on automatic by two goals and then had another traditional little choke in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, you just sort of wondered whether there'd be a hangover there. The squad was obviously there. All we lacked was a goal scorer because, like I say, we didn't go up by two goals. So that was addressed when uh, Glenn Murray returned to the club and that made a real difference for us. And, yeah, uh, it was a bit of a what I call a traditional Brighton cock-up in that we were seven points clear at the top with three games to go. you think, well, that should be the title one, but obviously we didn't win it. We uh, managed to concede an 88th-minute equaliser in the last day that gave the title to Newcastle, but everyone said that must have been quite gutting, but to be honest, the the only aim of the game at the start of the season was to get promoted, and that was achieved pretty well and uh, pretty comfortably in the end which was quite a surprise, as I personally thought the division would be a, a lot tougher last year with the likes of Villa coming down. Obviously, Newcastle were the big favourites and justified that by the end of the season. But yeah, it was thoroughly enjoyable. Um, as for the coming campaign, I think the the main worry Brighton fans will have is doing what I described describe as a middlesbrough and just stinking out the division because defensive-wise, mm-hmm. we should be solid enough. Uh, we've only really lost David Stockdale who uh, uh, well you, plenty of rumours flying around about that but effectively it's come down to money and of course Harry Redknapp is uh, very good at spending money he shouldn't be spending as uh, previous clubs can probably testify to so he's off uh, Stockdale's off to Birmingham we've replaced him with Matt Ryan the Australian goalkeeper who's supposed to be pretty highly thought of Liverpool we looking at him a few years ago so that could be a good sign he's only 25 which Goalkeeper in terms of obviously very, very young. We do need to have goals, though, to avoid doing that Middlesbrough thing. Because um, I think it's, you know, defences are all very well and good. You, they'll pick you up points throughout the season. But if you've got to stay up, you've got to, you've got to score goals. And whether Glenn Murray, Sam Baldock and Thomas Hemed can do that is uh, obviously questionable because they've never really performed in the Premier League. I mean, Hemed and Baldock have never played there. And Murray's had a couple of goes, but it's never really worked out for injuries and out of managers and what have you but hopefully uh, we should have enough to survive you would think it's just about getting points against the sides around us because the top six are obviously miles ahead of everyone else but we can win our home games pick up some points on the road hopefully we can stay in the division that would be the aim for the season I guess
1: all right yeah awesome uh, best of luck as you said uh, there are a lot of big clubs that'll that'll punish but as uh, Greg also mentioned a lot of teams have done a fairly good job of, of stabilizing themselves in the Premier League, and I think all three of you certainly have a solid chance at that. Uh, curious to hear from you guys what you're most looking forward to uh, being in the Premier League this season.
2: Um, for me, uh, it's, I, I'm probably not looking forward to it as much as, as um, Scott and Greg will be, because obviously, like, for most of my a lot life, Newcastle, been in the Premier League, so it's sort of a, it's it's, it's a, you know I'm used to it. It's it's where I think Newcastle should be, and hopefully we will stay here. I'm sort of excited to see. I'm excited to see Benitez go up against some of some of the top managers. I think that's what I'm really excited for. I'm excited for the game, the first game of the season against Tottenham. Uh, Kev will will know that we have a very good record against Tottenham. I think I'm not last looking time. forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we think we were the only team to do a du- when we got relegated. I think we were the only team to do a double over Tottenham, but also failed to beat Villa. Which, you know, that's probably why we got relegated for that sort of showing up at the big games and not against the teams we should have been beating. It so yeah, yeah, I'm excited like the-
1: what you said uh, with the Newcastle season last year in the Championship.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was very similar. We lost to uh, Blackburn twice. Uh, I think we beat Brighton twice. So yeah, it's the same sort of theme. Hopefully, we can get more consistency but yeah I'm excited to see Rafa up against Guardiola Mourinho Mourinho especially you know they've got a, a rivalry of the past uh, yeah it's just, just seeing Rafa up against and seeing, like what we can do I think we're going to be very good defensively I think we we're going to be well organized we got we got a style the, the one thing that I'm sort of scratching my head about with the Premier League this year is that some clubs are not really focusing on their style enough like West Ham I think they're they're meant to be signing on Outovic and Hernandez which I just can't see where they fit into their team that that what you should do to to do well in the Premier League and and Burnley did it last season is you should decide on your style and then pick the right players for that style to carry it out and that's what we're doing with Benitez we've never really had that before we're targeting players for a purpose and I I think some clubs don't do that so yeah I'm excited to see how that goes I think we've got a we've pretty got a pretty good style we've got players in carry it out it's 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 gonna be slightly weird not having the top sort of players that we had before. Um, Like when we had our kit launch, the three players were Dwight Gale, Matt Ritchie, and Isaac Caden. Like they're all good players, but like when you're they're your best three players, it does show that you're gonna be a team near the bottom rather than near the top. So you want to go back? Is what you're saying? No, I do not want to go <laughs> back. <laughs> you can you can keep him. That's fine. But like, yeah, I'm I'm just excited to be back in the Premier League. It's it, I didn't really enjoy going into every game as the favourite. So it's going to be quite nice not having that and and going in and taking results off teams rather than being the ones being hunted. Which uh, it's maybe a very Pessimistic way to be a football fan But it's the way I've always been with Newcastle We're, we're normally pretty average So I didn't really like being near the top That is probably says more about my my Psyche as a person more than <laughs> anything else But yeah I'm mean, I excited mean to go up against the big teams As always and see how Rafa does I think we'll get a few shock results I think, I think we'll do pretty well as long, as long as like I said we keep Rafa
3: Uh i'm i'm looking forward to the hashtag teams like Uddersfield. when we start beating a couple of teams that don't expect it and um, we we had it last season uh with 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 well, with, with newcastle actually so i i, I <laughs> i'm 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 going into the season a lot of people have written us off they've already said oh we're going to uh, beat derby's record of 10 points which i don't think is true because um I mean that side that Derby went down with was terrible when when their best player was Kenny Miller and Roy Carroll. So um, when we are much better equipped than that, and taking on from from Jake's point, uh, we actually have um, an identity, which is which which is why we're in the position that we are now. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing now how the, our type style of football, our, our terrier identity, as if the club have kind of branded it, uh, fares against bigger sides. It'll be nice to see the stadium full. Um, we, we Certainly, a couple of times last season, we saw huge games down at our, our stadium, the John Smiths, the Kirkley Stadium, whatever people call it these days. Um, Sheffield Wednesday in the playoffs, Leeds United, um, the Derby games. But I think seeing the big clubs come come to our spot um, will be interesting because um, they'll they'll only have 2,000 tickets because of the size of our ground. It's They're going to be right next to um, the Cow Shed Loyal, which is our kind of singing section of fans. So it's, it's going to be a great atmosphere. And I think that's what I'm really looking forward to because uh, realistically, I think it'll be a struggle for, for all the promoter teams just because of the money involved. But on the flip side, the money's allowed us to really compete. Uh, in bringing players in and, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing how the likes of Tom Ince and, and Steve Mounier fare because they come with decent reputations and they, they seem to be fitting into uh, our style of football well. Um, I, I, I would say I, I, it's also going to grounds that I haven't been able to uh, watch uh, my team play at before but with a priority ticket ticketing that the club have put in place I don't think I'll be getting to many this season so um, but yeah I think seeing you know the likes of Manchester United City Arsenal Chelsea Spurs Everton Liverpool come to the John Smiths on a level playing field and not just for a Cup game, I think that'll be hugely, hugely good for the town, uh, which is perhaps I'm, I'm not sure if, if, it, if it was like that with Brighton, but I think our town has needed something like this for a while, and hopefully it can be a kickstart for for helping what is a, an old textile town in in, in Yorkshire uh, become a much better and happier place to live, and, and and I think the atmosphere around the town and the fans has been electric for the last six months because of how well
0: we're doing as a person with a very deep voice i'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns but a deep voice doesn't sell b2b and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell b2b either that's why if you're a b2b marketer you should use linkedin ads linkedin has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com/results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com/results. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Yeah, Scott, Greg raises uh, an interesting point. Do you think that having all the big clubs uh, visit Brighton will uh, benefit the area as well, or is there something else that you're particularly looking forward to?
4: Uh, that's one of the things, yeah. I think Greg's absolutely spot on uh, with what he says there. I mean, towards the end of our season, the the whole city was basically a buzz with Brighton. It's never, ever been like that before, because obviously we only got our own stadium sort of six years ago, so... Before that, playing in an athletic stadium with no roofs, people from the city who aren't actually dialled Brighton fans didn't want to go, which is totally understandable. I mean, you don't want to pay 25 quid to sit in a stadium where you're going to get soaking wet and you need a telescope to see what's going on. But since we've moved to the Amex, and especially in this last season, it's been incredible. I mean, we had a parade that was obviously set up thinking we'd be trading the Championship title around, which didn't happen. But even so, 100,000 people they reckon were on the streets of Brighton just watching the team come along in a bustle on the seafront. It's absolutely incredible. And it's things like that that, I mean, we've obviously, we get a lot of stick for having a lot of what they call plastic fans because uh, with Dean we were averaging 6,000 now a week, mid really the ground and the whole 8,000. So it wasn't that far short of But now we're getting 30,000. You could probably sell out 40,000 because the way, where the uh, the city is. I mean, our nearest club is Portsmouth, 50 miles away, one side, and Palace, 50 miles away, north. And uh, the other thing that Greg talks which I also agree, with is for me, one of the the things I'm looking forward to is going to places I've never been before. I mean, we haven't played Everton in 30 years, so for a whole generation of fans such as myself, it's a first time we've ever been to Goodison. It's similar with um, Chelsea, obviously Arsenal's new Grand places like that. Even West Brom, it's just going different places and seeing different days out and i think that'll be the one of the best aspects for me
1: yeah and um thanks to uh tottenham all of you get free trips to wembley as well uh, yeah <laughs> uh
3: great oh, I've, I've been i've been there and done that already <laughs> i don't need to go again i only go for the big games and we usually win
1: well hopefully not for me
3: um but obviously that would be a nice scalp
1: again and tottenham have not played particularly well Uh, at Wembley at least last season in Europe uh gonna jump the queue a little bit here though uh, and come back to Greg because uh you mentioned that you have a style that you're already confident in um obviously under David Wagner Wagner David Wagner any of those it's both it's both ways (laughs) which whichever way you people would like to take that uh what is that style and how can people get used to seeing Huddersfield play this year
3: I, I can explain it but I'll just I'll mention this you uh, max football did a little uh, thing on the style of f- football that we did so uh, if you want to if you're listening to this go and check check out their channel I've got nothing to do with it but it explains it very well but essentially we, we set up uh, like Jurgen Klopp uh, did at Dortmund and it does it differently at Liverpool now but definitely did at Dortmund because Jürgen Klopp and David Wagner are very good friends are best friends so um, I think a lot of that will be made across the season it was last season anyway and um, it's, it's 4-2-3-1 it's counter-pressing Um, We attack from defence and we defend from uh, our strikers, basically. It's about closing the ball down. If you can't get the ball back straight away, it's about coming a bit deeper. It's about hard work. It's about good football, keeping the ball on the floor, possession-based football. Um, It's good to watch. Um, uh, In the Championship, ever since we got back to the Championship, we've kind of gone through this rut of English managers who all are very much the same. Um, and, and when David Wagner came in, he was a breath of fresh air, and he, he's, he's brought the style of football which a lot of people have bought into. Uh, double training sessions—you have to be really comfortable on the ball, which a lot of players, you know, the double training session being comfortable the ball, a lot of like English players actually struggle with, which is a part of the reason why we've had to dip into the transfer market. But the four-two-three-one kind of evolves to a two-four-three-one in, in attack and. Uh, in defence, it kind of forwards, but evolves into a 4-1, four, 4-1. One, four, one. So it's very fluid. It's really good to watch. It's very clever and it, it requires a couple of key components and players. Uh, your, your full-backs have got to be able to get forward. Um, we have a ball-winning midfielder in Jonathan Hogg who uh, he... Across 120 minutes against Sheffield Wednesday and, 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 and Reading in the playoffs, he, he was still going, he's got that good an engine, so you need someone like him to break the play up, you need good attacking fullbacks. you need a goalkeeper and a centre-back who are good at distribution, so it's kind of, uh, well, our playing style uh, does require a grit and determination which the fans love, um, the, the kind of... The German flair, I'd say, that has come in, but also mixed in with a hard-working ethic, so, uh, which suits the, the British players that, that we have with, within our squad, like Jonathan Hogg, like Tommy Smith, who have really excelled under David Wagner. Uh, my only worry is that playing that four-two-three-one formation, playing uh, counter-pressing style against bigger clubs, we might get punished because there was a couple of times last season where sloppy goals were were giving away uh, back back passes. I mean, our last game in the season saw D- Danny Ward, a keeper we had on loan from Liverpool, sent off from a back pass. So I think we might have to refine that style this season. Then we saw it a few times uh, last year where we employed what David Wagner likes to call the counter press, which is to basically sit back and counter attack. So um, it'll be interesting to see how we play against the big teams. But if we do play that four two three one, the counter press. At, at times last season, we absolutely destroyed sides. Uh, one half against Brighton, we were absolutely electric at home. Norwich as well. Um, and then when we employed that counter press, we actually employed it away at, away at Newcastle and it worked an absolute treat and we took three points off them. So um, tactically, I think uh, I've not I've not seen a better head coach slash manager in my time at Huddersfield. So uh, I think we have got that nailed down to the T. Alright, Jake, do you think we'll kind of see the usual for Rafa
1: Benitez, or do you think he might change things up a little bit this year?
2: Um, Interesting question. I think he, he there's a possibility he might change it up. It's, the Premier League's gone for a tactical sort of revolution since he's last been in it, which was sort of free at the back. I think we've got players that we could potentially go to that system, and I think he's bringing in players that are, are capable of doing it, but I think that's very much going to be a plan B. I think Rafa but it is is his four, two, three, one, and rafa, like you don't. Even, I could tell you rafa, but team the exact players that we, he always has because he has the same teams. It is it's not a surprise how he plays. It's slightly different in Newcastle where he's gone with Dwight Gale, It's slightly more mobile and and pacey striker. Where whereas at uh, Napoli he had Higuain and uh, Robert Reddy had Benzema, but it's it's slightly different. It's it's the same sort of thing. We we sort of solid, um, solid at the back. Two centre-halves, uh, the, the, Kieran Clark the left foot, uh, Jamal LaSalle, the right foot. He likes to play with uh, one of each foot, which we have. We've got uh, Yedlin, who's the sort of more attacking fullback, and Paul Dummett, who sort of sits back and sort of makes it a three at the back when Yedlin goes forward. We've got John Joe and Isaac Hayden in the middle, uh, playmaker and a ball winner. And then the number 10 uh, and sort of the two inside forwards. And then Dwight Gale, obviously, is, just, is sort of the, the guy to get goals. The system is played to his strengths like that system the way we played brings the best out of Dwight Gale and that is why I think he's he's gonna score goals this year and I think he's gonna show the world that he is Premier League quality because I think he is he was ridiculous last year and he, he was way too good for that league and I think I think at Palace he was maybe misused but even since then he, he's got so much better over the last 12 months so I think he's gonna have a great season the the one problem we had last year was that maybe we were a little bit lopsided we were attack too much down the right uh, because on, on the left we had Dummer and, and Goofran neither of whom really have much attack in flair so we relied a bit too much on Richie and Yedlin so the signing of Murphy hopefully should help that out a little bit and give us uh, make us a little bit more balanced which I, I think was a fault last season the the way we play it was always a, a Premier League style. I I think last year we, we dropped points because we were too conservative, but that's because that's what Benitez was sort of preparing us for the Premier League. It's not gonna be a major switch up. We're we're sort of gonna look to counter more so than anything else. And and you know, I, I, I think we, we played a Premier League style in the championship and, and at times, we could have been a bit more aggressive, played to, to up front, but Benitez didn't want to do that. And Fair enough, we got promoted, we won the league, like, you can't complain. But yeah, we're going to be very Rafa Benitez style. Uh, it's, it's going to be classic Rafa uh, this season. We might switch up to a three at the back at times, but I don't think it's going to be used very often.
1: All right, Scott, do you think that you'll complete the uh, recently promoted trifecta of four-two-three-one, or do you think you'll rely a bit more on the 4-4-2 that we saw at times last year?
4: Um, It's all a bit up in the air, to be honest. Right? So, I mean, we've signed the number 10... Pascal Gross from uh, Ingolstadt in Germany, who presumably mm-hmm. will, will work off a of front man. But for me, I would I'd much prefer to see stick with the four four two. It's what's got us here. It's good positive football, especially at home. I mean, at home we've you've got Anthony Knockhart, who's obviously Championship Player of the Season last year, tearing teams apart down one flank. Dani Alves, Solly March, Jamie Murphy. You know, they're two. Whoever of those two players, two high-quality wieners, and they're just getting the balls in the box, which is what Glenn Murray needs. Ball's in, he scores. Uh, ball dot working off him. It, it works superbly. Obviously, going away to somewhere like Man City or somewhere is a bit of a risk with a 4-4-2 as I suspect it could end up being a cricket score. So, away from home, yeah, I fully really expect him to change up, but I think the one concern that I'd have mm-hmm. about Chris Shooting, and it's not many people say it or don't want to say it because he's obviously done a fantastic job. I mean, we were looking like we were going to be in League 1 when he first took over and two years later, not much money spent. We're in the Premier League. But the reason he left Norwich was because of his very, very negative sort of start of play. It was grind out draws to try and stand up there. And we saw similar when he first took us over. I mean, there was one period when we went six games without scoring a goal. The only goal we got in that period was an own goal from Matt King Kilgallen at Blackburn, which actually kept us up. So if he reverts back, back to that, then it goes back to that whole doing the Middlesbrough thing where we could be extremely boring team to watch. But at home, I'd expect 4-4 you know, four, four, to take it to teams and have a go at them because there's not much difference, I don't think, between the bottom of the Premier League and the top of the Championship. And at home, we were you know one of the... Well, we probably were the best in the Championship at home when we got going. So hopefully, we'll be picking up our points there by sticking to the stuff that's got us here.
1: Right off, it'll be definitely exciting to see how all of this unfolds throughout the year, but it does seem as though most of you do have that identity that we discussed uh, a bit earlier. All right, we're going to wrap up with uh, Player Watch, where we're going to quickly go through and highlight some players uh, from each of your clubs that neutrals and maybe fantasy players, if you're into that kind of thing, uh, should be keeping their eye on. We'll lead in with you, Jake.
2: Um. I have mentioned Dwight Gale. That seems an obvious one. So I'll park him to one side uh, and talk about other players we have. Uh, Isaac Hayden is a is a very good player. He was a lot better than any of us really thought he was going to be last season. He came in for like, I think it was 500,000 from Arsenal. And he's really developed into a, a very good ball-winning midfielder. And he's good on the ball as well. He can get forward. And he, he's got the potential if if he keeps the developing at the current rate to even go on to play for England someday I mean that doesn't mean a lot in, in the in the current game like everyone plays for England these days but uh, he is he is very talented and he's only going to get best round of Rafa he's, he's somebody to watch watch definitely because I, I guess a lot of people wouldn't have seen a lot of him aside from if you'd have followed Newcastle last season uh Deandre Yedlin he, he's developed he's another one that's come on a lot over the last 12 months I think he got five or six assists last season he was always one of our main attacking threats and and the player he was when he first arrived at Tottenham who I think you said before Kev that the Tottenham players thought he was some sort of like lottery winner how how he'd got to play for Tottenham nobody knew now he is actually a very good fullback uh, and definitely one of Premier League quality he, he's one to watch and Kieran Clark as well I'll, I'll I'll mention him uh he he was when we signed him we we thought we were going to get the Kieran Clark from Villa who was very error prone and and not really that good at football but he he was he turned into a very good centre half in the premier uh, in the championship uh good on the ball capable of bringing it out always a threat to set pieces so he he's worth keeping an eye out as well because he's going to be a lot better than the, the player you saw at Villa so he, he he's one to watch Aside from that, we don't re really, Matt Ritchie's an obvious one, and, and Jose Perez is uh, very fun to watch. Uh, and But, you know, he's been in the Premier League before, and, and people know of him. But, yeah, I'd mainly say uh, Yedlin and, and Isaac Hayden are the main two to keep an eye on because they have really become quite good over the last 12 months. All
1: right, we'll be sure to do that. Greg, you mentioned that you've signed uh, roughly 7,000 players. You and Everton, I believe, own every player on this planet of Earth. the um, some of those new faces players we should be looking at or maybe some of the ones that helped get you promoted last season
3: i think the spine of the team is going to be key to how we perform this season uh, if you if you look at the players uh, that we had in that spine last season i think christopher schindler is a classy center back and when you're looking at a squad and thinking who can definitely make the grade in the premier league he he's it he reads the game so well he's a um, for, he's good in the air, surprisingly, because coming from Germany, he admitted in an interview that he had to put on four or five stone, four or five kilograms of muscle. Um, so he, he's adapted to the English game really well. He's classy centre back. He's not that fast, but because he reads the game so well, he, he's, he's an impeccable timer of a challenge as well. So he's definitely one to watch. Um, Aaron Moy, who, who we had on loan now permanently signed from from Manchester City. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just a class above the rest of our team for uh, half of last season, really. And um, he 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 was a number ten in Australia, but uh, Wagner kind of turned him into a deep line playmaker. He sprays the ball well. He gets the odd important goal. He he, he really is the engine room of our midfield. Uh, our wing, uh, our fullbacks have been were extremely important to us last season. Uh, I think Chris Leaver and Tommy Smith got. I think between them got 18 assists, so they they were extremely important to how we play. But I think the new new players as well, I think the two big ones so far will be uh, Tom Ince and, and Steve Mounier for goals and, and assists between them. Because we, we saw last season with how poor um, Middlesbrough were in the even Sunderland without Jermaine T- Defoe. To stay in this division, you need goals, whereas in a championship, I think you need to be more defensively minded. So um, if, if we're going to succeed, I, a lot rests on them two players up top and, and who we also we, we're still to bring in and attack him in field. Because despite signing a lot of players so far, I think there are still three or four, maybe even five to come. So uh, but I, I think in attack definitely in some Mooney are the ones to watch.
1: All right, and Scott, you already mentioned knock art. uh spe- Speaking of which, uh, what ended up happening with his injury? Is he going to be okay?
4: Um, well, <laughs> we have a sort of a strange policy at Brighton where they'll say, oh, this player will be out for, say, two weeks, whatever, uh, ankle ligament or whatever they've done. And normally you don't see him again for six months. So I would take anything that the club here with a pinch of salt but he did post a picture today of him swimming on instagram or something i was told so (laughs) he's obviously not a cast or anything so if he can swim i'm sure he can kick a football
1: all right and uh which other players should we be keeping an eye on this year
4: um well maybe not for fantasy football purposes because he's a red card waiting to happen every few months but i think lewis dunk is sort of a michael Keane, if you will in that he's a young English centre half who could step up and uh, make the step up to international football. But like Jake said, it doesn't really take much these days. Uh, I'll expect him to shine. The One of our new signings, we signed uh, Marcus Sutner. He's a left back from another signing from Ingolstadt, funnily enough. And he scored more free kicks than any other player in Europe last season. So if you're looking for fantasy points, defender scoring, he could be a. Uh, one to stick in your team, and he'll be our first choice left back because the other option, Gaetan and is probably not Premier League quality. And a, a third player I'll nominate is uh, Dale Stevens, who was attracting interest from Burnley for most of last season. We they put in a few derogatory bids last summer because he was in the last year of his contract, which we basically turned down, thinking well, if he gets us promoted, you know, losing him on a free is not the end of the world because we'll have a 160 million pound TV money coming in. But once we got promoted, he's sign a new deal and I think in the centre midfield he could be one of those players that you you think you know is he going to make it is he not but he could surprise a few people
1: Alright well thank you guys so much uh, for your time if there are any projects you'd like to plug or if you'd like to tell people where to reach
2: you now would be a good time Yeah just uh, thanks for listening you can get my Twitter at Jake Jackman with two N's I write for EPL Index Room Uh, on on the boot room we started writing for draftfantasyfootball.co.uk so check that website out
3: um, if you want to check out our website, it's thricechampions.co.uk and just search thricechampions on Twitter and we'll be the first one that, that comes up. Uh, alternatively, our handle is at htfcpodcast.
4: And uh, we are we are wearebrighton.com and you can find us on Twitter, which is at wearebrighton.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much again. Welcome to the Premier League and we hope you keep listening.